Um, when I was uh, a kid, I used to love, I used to absolutely love going to uh, church stuff, especially like um, we used to call it Pathfinders. I grew up in the Anglican church, Pathfinders, which was like the primary age stuff and then Cypher. And I loved it because we used to play this game. Has anyone, yeah, anyone played this game? It's called Chubby Bunnies. I believe they've outlawed it now. I think, I think because people were choking quite badly, maybe someone even died. You basically see how many um, uh, marshmallows you can fit into your mouth and say chubby bunnies. It's quite funny. So you might want to try that later. It's a great Sunday afternoon activity. Um, the other one, which I've never played, but I really wish we had played, is where you find the smallest person in the youth group or the church. And you get gaffer tape, and you attach them to the wall. <laughs> and the winning team is the one that the person stays up on the wall the longest. So this, this is what being young, growing up in the church seemed to be. It seemed to be a whole heap of fun. It was good. It was about life. And I remember um, the people that used to kind of do our children's work and it wasn't really called that they were just a nice couple in our church um, they used to talk to us about justice and caring for the planet and making sure that everyone was fed and all of those kind of things and I remember being about seven years old and someone saying to me um, maybe you'd quite like uh, Jesus to be your best friend and I was like yeah, that sounds great. Jesus wants to, <laughs> I can always do with another best friend. That's fantastic. And I got a ruler and some stickers for Jesus becoming my best friend. So that was cool as well. And then I noticed something. As I was getting a little bit older, I started to notice that there were these plays and dramas and mimes even, where it seemed to depict this Jesus that I'd learned about who was about life and fun and justice and peace and the planet and the environment. And suddenly I kept seeing all these things which were about Jesus being put to death on a cross and being made to feel quite often that I was the one that had put him there. I don't know if anyone else grew up in the church and had those kind of experiences. And I remember thinking... I think the only thing I've ever really done wrong was when I nicked that 10 pence out of my mum's purse. And I couldn't make sense of these two things, these two stories that I was experiencing. And I started to wonder if, if it was all about this Jesus being killed, murdered on a cross. And I, as a kid of about nine years old, was in some way responsible for that, then what kind of God was this? God and Jesus, and it all seemed to be like a big fat courtroom where there was bad and, and I couldn't make sense. I couldn't make sense of it. And I'm not super bright. I'm not super bright as a person. I have to work hard. But as a kid, and even now, as I look back on those things, 
it did occur to me that people seemed to be ignoring everything that had come before Jesus dying. Like his life. Everything else that we read about in this book called the Bible. Which got me thinking, even way back then, what if what happened on the cross was absolutely and completely connected to everything that had gone before? Because otherwise, it was just about three days. There's this... um, this word solidarity, which is what I've said to you, is what I've prepared for. And I remember this man. Does anyone remember this man? Who is this? Yeah, all the older people. Yeah, love the revolution. This is Lech Wałęsa. Lech Wałęsa, he was a trade unionist. He led uh, the shipbuilders from the shipyards in uh, Poland. Um, And became a very influential leader of what was called solidarity. And I remember hearing about this man on the news. And I remember seeing pictures of him where he met this man. Where he met the Pope. And I remember people saying that the Pope was on his side. And that the things that Lech Wałęsa was asking for were the things that the Pope agreed with. And I remember Lech Wałęsa being associated with the ending of um, communism. I remember Lech Wałęsa becoming uh, the leader of um, Poland. And it started to strike me that this word solidarity had something to do with being with people. About being present with people, about saying that I put your needs above my needs, solidarity, which got me thinking about my mum dying, which got me thinking about Peter, my mum's vicar. See, when my mum was dying, Peter used to come round and sit with my mum and feed her ice cream, even though she didn't really know what was going on. She she was the patient, he was the vicar. I was pretty convinced he had other things to be doing. Peter was the one that came and sat and listened and talked with my mum, even though the morphine that she was on meant that sometimes she said the most hilarious, ridiculous stuff that didn't make sense. Peter was the one who made himself present with my mum, even though lots of other people didn't really have that kind of time. Peter was the one who didn't hurry Peter was the one who I heard sat in my mum's bedroom singing with her and praying with her. And Peter was the one who every evening when he'd been to visit my mum dying would come and sit with me and my brother 
in the lounge with a bottle of wine and talk to us and listen to us and laugh with us. Solidarity. I'd never experienced anything like that before and maybe I never will again. But all I knew was that Peter was with us, deeply, sacredly. It was divine. God present with us. There's this word, kavod. It's a word which means weighty, presence, it's about the presence of God breaking in to the now. And maybe you've had those moments as well, where something has felt weighty, real, where the person you're with hasn't hurried away, but they have stayed and they have connected with you. Where it's felt like a thin place, where somehow heaven and earth connect. Cavod, weighty, divine. Which takes me back to the cross. Phil, do you want to come and read to us? I'm just going to read to us uh, some of Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, starting at chapter 2 um, from the NIV, uh, verses 1 through to 13. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in his spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by becoming like-minded, having the same love, being in one spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to interests of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name. That at the, knee, at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven, on earth and under the earth. And every tongue shall acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore my dear friends as you've always obeyed not only in my presence but now much more so in my absence. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Thank you, Phil. 
Havod, the divine, breaking in. God takes on human form, the whole of it. See, the cross shows us a God who isn't remote, somewhere other, somewhere up there. And the cross doesn't show us a warrior, tribal God who slashes and burns everything in sight that he's displeased with. On the cross, you see Kavod, the divine, breaking into right here, right now, what it is to be fully human. The the cross tells us of God's presence with us fully and completely. Jesus is God, divine and human, in the same place. Maybe the cross isn't a courtroom, but maybe it's more like a hospital scene, a place of reconnection, of being made whole again, of re-knowing what's always been there, the divine, God's presence with us always. And maybe the cross teaches us about what solidarity really looks like. See, the early followers of Jesus were called the followers of the way, not the group of people that believed a particular list of things that they're meant to. The early followers of Jesus were called the followers of the way. It wasn't a set of beliefs, it was a way of living. And Jesus on the cross tells us even more about what it means to live the Jesus way. And the first thing is this teaches us solidarity through proximity. I don't know how many of you have ever been out for a meal with someone and they put their phone on the table upwards. Anyone ever do that here? <laughs> have, you, have you ever been for a meal with someone where they've done that? Has anyone ever walked out on anyone who's ever done that? Yes, good man. I have. <laughs> And the reason is because we want people to be present with us, to be close with us. It's a funny thing, isn't it? We live in a world where actually, even if we're close, there's distance. The other day, I, um, I've got this thing. I love, it. I love helping people with directions. Does anyone else have that crazy? Yes, flick. I knew it. There's two of us. I want to get a special super suit, you know, that's like direction lady or something. But anyway, so I was coming out of Waterloo Station and I, uh, you know the back way where you go on the service road, yeah, yeah. And uh, some of you don't because you've never walked that way. But if you like directions, I can give them to you. Um, 
So I was coming out of there, and there was a, a couple who looked completely lost. And they got their phones out, you know, and Waterloo Station, trying to find which exit to come out. And they kept saying to me, um, well, I, I asked them, are you lost? And they spoke, and they were Spanish. Good timing. Um, and uh, they were Spanish, and they were looking, and they said, we're trying to find the eye. And I was like, oh, it's just, it's just over there. And then I had this thought. I could give them directions. I know they'll get lost, completely lost, because this is madness, this railway station. There's like a million places to leave. So I said, you've got two choices. You can either go that way around and just follow the road around, or you can go that way around and follow the road around. Um, and as I was saying it, I could see them glazing over, going, ah. So I said, okay, I'll walk you there. <laughs> I'll walk you there. It's not to make me sound like I need my brownie badge or anything. Uh, do, you, do you see, there's something about we being with people. I could, I could have just, I'm, I'm in a hurry. I've got other things to do. <laughs> I was coming to a meeting. But I, actually, I'll go with you. I could tell you, but actually, I'll go with you. There's something about proximity. And we talked and I found out where they were from. We talked about what they were going to do here. Suddenly, it had more meaning. Do you see? Solidarity always has proximity. On the cross, as we look at the cross, we see a God who is fully present, not remote. God, not giving us directions, but with us. God doesn't leave us alone. God is all in all, in all, in all of everything. Our challenge, our challenge is to live aware with our eyes open to the constant presence of the divine. There's a quote I saw yesterday by an amazing guy called Bob Goff who said this. We won't be remembered for what we said, but how available we were. Solidarity always has proximity. Solidarity always has proximity. The second thing is this. Solidarity through humility. Did anyone else... <laughs> I love this picture. Did anyone else see this on the news when this happened? Do you, do you know what this is? Okay. This is the Pope's car. <laughs> and these are the rest of the cars. This was on his trip to the US recently. And they were all, they got in one of the big, you know, massive, um, massive black cars to drive around in, you know, bulletproof and all the rest of it. The Pope says, no, he's going to be using a Fiat 500. Isn't that fantastic? So there's all these pictures taken by the press of these big mother, mother cars. They're huge. And the Pope, in a little Fiat, crammed in like this, waving his arm out the... Solidarity through humility. The cross is this image of God 
who didn't consider all those issues of equality or power or any of that stuff and let it all go and made himself nothing and became a servant. Others first. How often do you see people jostling for power? I do, and I work for Oasis. <laughs> How often do we see people jostling for power, seeking power, manipulating others to make themselves look better and others worse? That is not the way of the cross. The way of the cross is one of laying aside power. The way of the cross is this, bless your enemies, bless and do not curse, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony with one another, do not be proud, but be, be willing to associate with people of low position, do not be conceited. The way of the cross solidarity of the cross is humility. Mother Teresa, she's known for being this incredible, beautiful woman. And uh, a friend of ours, um, Shane Claiborne, was um, spending some time with her when she was alive and noticed that there was something particularly ugly about Mother Teresa, which was her feet, and they were horrified when he and his friends saw her feet at communion. It was when she knelt in communion, and they noticed how mashed up her feet were. And uh, they were intrigued as to why on earth this woman had got such ugly feet. And this uh, explanation came to the guys, and it was this. That every uh, week and every month they would receive a huge number of shoes. And the shoes were of varying styles and states and disrepair. And what Mother Teresa did, every time the shoes came in and she needed some new shoes, was she would go through that pile of shoes and she would find the worst there was. The worst there was, and they became her shoes. Not because she was a martyr, but she wanted others to have the best. Solidarity through humility. It's a Fiat 500, it's not the big car. It's the broken shoes so that others have the best. And we have to be really mindful that sometimes we can have this little internal voice inside of us which says, mm, I'm better than that. I deserve the best. The more power we have, the more of a trap it becomes for us. The more power we have, the more we expect others to do for us. Do they not realize who I am? I am the ethos and formation director for Oasis. After all, when I turn up, surely. I remember a, a kid, a young person <laughs> saying to me, they saw me um, 
outside of uh, Spring Harvest, the event that um, lots of us have probably been to at some point in our lives. Uh, and I used to speak there and stuff. And I remember this young person came up to me and just went, you're really famous at Spring Harvest, aren't you? That's how to take someone down. And I said, yeah, Spring Harvest. <laughs> Nowhere else. Power laid aside. Solidarity through humility. And the last one is this. Solidarity through residing on the margins. It was St. Francis who said that our job was to be on the edge of the inside, not in the middle, not in the center. And on the cross and in the cross and in the life of Jesus, we see Jesus killed on the margin. Jesus was killed outside of the city, not in the middle of the city. Jesus was beaten and made to look unacceptable. Culturally, that made him untouchable. He became outcast in his death. Even in his dying, Jesus is on the margins. And in his life, we know that he spent time with who? The lepers, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, the adulterers, the Romans, the women. Everybody who was on the margins. And then on the cross, the ultimate dividing wall is destroyed. The margins have gone. And Jesus' death is not like a silence. It's the biggest ever and most magnificent statement that there is no them and us. There's only we. We're all one. In Christ Jesus. And our job always, 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 every day, is to cross any dividing lines that exist. So the other day, Friday, just up here, I'm talking to, there's a new co-op up the road. Has everyone discovered it? Yeah? Um, it's great. I went in there on Friday and a uh, lovely um, uh, girl, young woman, served served me. I bought a banana and she asked me, she asked me how I was and I said, I'm great. How are you? And she said, I'm okay at the moment. I said, I wasn't expecting that. I said, oh, you're, you're okay at the moment. I said, what are you worried about? You sound like you're worried about something. And she said, I'm, I'm worried about later. What do you mean you're worried about later? She said, I'm worried about going home. And I looked at her and I was like, why are you worried about going home? And then the penny dropped. Because she was a Muslim girl. And she was about 18. And I looked at her and I said, oh, you're worried about traveling home, aren't you? And she said, yeah. So I asked her, and I said, have you, have you had stuff? And she said, oh, yeah. I've had stuff. So I got out my phone, and as I 
pulled out my phone. I looked at her and I said, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. I said, I'm a follower of Jesus and I'm sorry that that's what you're experiencing. But I want you to know that I don't think that stuff. And I pulled out my phone and I showed her a picture of a friend of Dave's and mine and a few others here. It's a friend of ours called Angie. And Angie is an Oasis hub leader. She's a chaplain for us in Birmingham. And a few days ago, Angie decided to do a thing for solidarity. Ten days she decided to do it. She decided that she would wear a hijab for ten days. So Angie, for the last three, four days, has been wearing a head covering. She's had death threats. She's had abuse. People have accused her of not being a follower of Jesus anymore. And I showed this girl in the co-op. And she looked at it. And she just went, that's... Um, that looks like solidarity. That, that looks to me that that's what love looks like. And I said, yeah, that's the way of the cross. Isaiah 30 says this. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. 